Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Nick Watson on Twitter at underscore NJ Watson. And today we're going to be talking about script coordinating with a special guest. Uh, what was that? I already jumped your line. Oh my God. Uh, It's all good? Yeah. So, hi, I'm Franklin Jinro, and I'm happy to be here as a guest of the podcast. Thank you, guys. And Franklin is the script coordinator on The Exorcist. Woohoo! So, uh, Franklin, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Who are you, Franklin? Do you come here, do you come here often? <laughs> no, no. Well, the funny thing is, actually, I do know Alex because we were in the same writing group. So I've been to this uh, lovely apartment before. As far as uh, who I am, wow, I mean, I've been in a 41-year sort of like uh, trek to figure that out. As far as uh, uh, like how I got to this place, I guess, uh, I mean, if that's a question. It started out actually like uh, wanting to be on the feature side of things and had been on the feature film side of the business and uh, initially started out with production in uh, uh, Virginia and New York and eventually moved out here to go to film school and uh, went to the American Film Institute where I got my MFA in directing and post film school I wandered the earth and did a little walkabout <laughs> and had a little uh, sidetrack into the ultimate frisbee coaching business which is super lucrative and uh, <laughs> make the whole episode about that now yeah I changed, like, my, I changed my mind it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and after uh, a bit um, I looked at you know that was in the middle of the sea change from features to TV as far as an number of jobs in the business and um, the quality content. Um, I, I feel as though I was a little late on that, but it was a great time to get into television, mm-hmm. um, obviously, with the emergence of shows like Friday Night Lights, Breaking Bad, uh, Mad Men, so forth. Are those the the shows that inspired you to get into TV? Well, I always point to Friday Night Lights as the first one where I realized, oh, you can do something different with television. Um, and, uh, and at the time, I'd been actually struggling with a project. It was a feature, and I just couldn't figure out how to, like, how to finish it, to be honest, because it was kind of a big story. And just get, it was uh, suffering from that sort of uh, scope creep and it became bigger and bigger and bigger. And then suddenly I was watching, it was probably actually, I started watching the second season of Friday Night Lights and I was like, oh, there it is. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, it's like, it's something that's actually meant to be a bigger uh, timeline. And uh, and then I sort of became more enamored with uh, limited series and uh, just the idea of like serialized storytelling over, you know, multiple episodes as opposed to a two hour time span. Wait, the second season of Friday Night Lights. Isn't that the season where uh, Landy like kills someone? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's like, isn't that the worst season? There, <laughs> there, on, is, there is one major problem with yeah, no. But what happened was, it's like I, 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 what I mean to say is, I started in the second season, like it, that was already on the air, but I right. went back retroactively. But I don't know, my memory at this age is that it's going out the window. So, <laughs> so when did you yeah. kind of flip that switch in your mind from directing and features to I want to be a TV writer? It was probably in 2010, 2011 is the first. Inc- I had. Now, I had one foot in, one foot out. Um, around 2012, 2013, I did a program with Film Independent as a directing fellow. And so, I mean, I was still very much interested in, in making independent feature films. It's just a much more difficult climate to do it. You can mm-hmm. get your movies made, but what that will do for you, um, I mean, varies quite a bit. You know, it's a lot of investment. And I'm at the point in my life where it's like, I want something stable. I want something that actually, um, you know, has a sort of clear path career wise. And certainly television affords that, especially on the writing side. And it's, Honestly, it's like I, I, my only regret is I didn't come here sooner. Well, how did you make that transition on the, the job side to television? Oh, sure. I mean, honestly, I got lucky. Like every, I mean, everybody's sort of entry point story is really sort of the same in terms of it's, it's completely capricious and there's no real sort of, uh, like connective tissue other than you were ready at the time and something popped up. And that's mm-hmm. uh, no different in my case. I think it was 2013. Um, you know, it's like I'd taken a couple classes at, uh, UCLA Extension and TV writing just to figure out, like, my head around how it worked because I didn't really understand like you know the lay of the land and just 
you know, figure out the differences between like the feature size and te- television. And, uh, around that time, I'd written a pilot and it coincided with this opportunity, um, uh, that came from the AFI alumni network. Um, and it was for a writer's assistant job on this limited series called The Assets. And that was really my first break. And I, uh, I owe, uh, the executive producer and producer on that series a ton. Wow. So your first TV job is writer's assistant. Yes. There but a lot it, of pe- very jealous people right now. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know it's absurd, but the thing is, it was a, a little bit of a mystery. Nomer because what happened was the position was mislabeled because I think somebody at AFI misread, I guess, whatever the byline was. It was pitched as sort of like this docudrama series, you know, and so then or a documentary. And so I was like, what's a writer's assistant for a mm-hmm. documentary? Didn't make any sense, but it was uh, what nobody knew at the time and still don't know because it kind of came and went without much fanfare. But it was uh, ABC's Newswing was making their first foray into scripted. And th- that division, Lincoln Square Productions, did this show. And it, I mean, it's great. It was a tiny budget. It was for them like you know not much risk but it was a great opportunity for me and a great situation and worked with some really wonderful people so you are now the script coordinator on the exorcist yes that's right for those unfamiliar with what a script coordinator does can you give us a brief overview of what your job entails being a script coordinator i mean it's something i didn't really know about in fact the first person um, i'd ever known as a script coordinator was one in one of my ucla extension classes a fellow by the name of uh, cole fowler who is uh, um, i think is, is currently the script coordinator on how to get away with murder mm-hmm. um a great guy but uh, he's the first one who sort of laid it out for me and it's a fantastic position to have it's it's honestly like a, a position people know the least about but is actually a great position to get because of uh, i think the opportunities it can afford you if you take advantage of them um as far as what it is to uh, start there it's essentially to me the intersection of the writers and the uh, production side. Like all the scripts have to go through some sort of filter to standardize them so that, you know, everybody's reading the same draft, everybody's reading the same revisions and production is, doesn't have like 30 different versions, which would create chaos. That's the number one sort of responsibility of the script coordinator. So you're working closely with all the writers and I think your job depends greatly uh, depending on which show you're on. Some shows I know like the script coordinator is never in the room. I've been really fortunate on the past few shows where I've been in the room since day one and the amount you can pitch and contribute varies also upon the show and i'm in a situation right now the exercise has been great because everyone is made to feel uh to be part of the team it's a very inclusive environment so um this is kind of the dream job you our dream environment as a script coordinator can you walk us a little bit into how you transition from that sort of like writer's assistant position into a script coordinator which is arguably one of the more technical sure. jobs on that side yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, and it was on the first job uh, when I was the writer's assistant as uh, on on the assets. And I'll go back again. It's like on that show. It's like when I came on, I was actually replacing somebody else who had been in the room, and the room had essentially broken by the time I jo- joined the show. So though the title was writer's assistant, I was actually kind of a jack of all trades. I was mm-hmm. an assistant to the EP. I was an assistant to uh, the producer. I was uh, handling a lot of the sort of like mundane day to day, but I was also doing a lot of research for the writers. And at some point, I caught wind. And they needed a script coordinator and I knew a script coordinator so I just said I know I can do it which is a little bit absurd <laughs> but I did have a f- sort of familiarity with uh, the process you know the revision process going from one to the next and that was that did translate from the feature side of things because I've you know like anybody else I've played around with like Final Draft quite a bit Movie Magic Screenwriter so I had a facility with the software that gave me some sort of uh, confidence and that coupled with the fact that uh, as uh, the, the script coordinator I mentioned before Cole I knew he was a resource and he was 
tremendously generous with his time. So it helped me a lot. Is there any sort of formal training that's offered to script coordinators? Or is it really that mix of being exposed to it and knowing someone who might be able to give you a few tips? By and large, it is definitely, you know, somebody who's willing to kind of walk you through it. And there's no standardized uh, um, way of learning how to script coordinate. Um, From what I know, um, there is one guy who's uh, um, there's this super secretive and it's not that super or secretive, (laughs) but uh, there's this forum where um, the script coordinators can sort of consult each other and uh, um, there's somebody on there I know who has uh, t- set up like a workshop or class for like people trying to learn their trade. But most other people I know, usually they're they're either the writer's PA or the writer's assistant, and then they learn from the script coordinator above them, like, uh, you know, what how to handle the trade. Can you explain what is the day-to-day of a script coordinator? Sure. Well, it, that, of course, depends on where you are in the process. Uh, being on the exorcist, just using this as an example, this is, again, the dream scenario, and it's definitely not like this on all shows. But uh, I was in the room. Room, I could pitch and I would definitely just pick and choose my spots or, you know, try to like bolster up. And like, it was a good way of kind of putting on training wheels to learn good room politics and good habits, you know, and uh, without the pressure of having to pitch all the time to uh, being on staff and also without having the burden of like, honestly, taking notes the entire time. And that's certainly as a writer's assistant, as you know, is like, that's the number one responsibility. You take everything down and you're yelled at if you don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, periodically I would fill in, you know, if like you know, there was a couple of days where the writer's assistant was sick. So, you know, like me and the writer's PA would divvy up like those sort of responsibilities. But um, until scripts go out, there's very little that you actually do. And then once um, that starts to happen, once you have outlines and drafts, uh, one of your responsibilities is to proof the documents, to go over them. If something doesn't track, um, then you bring it up to the writers. And so it's a, it, it becomes a conversation. And so there's a lot of sort of uh, formal duties you have. But in the end, um, like the deeper you get into, say, the mythology of a show or like, especially if you're on a serialized show, the more important it is that you have the whole, all the preceding episodes sort of mm-hmm. tracked away in your mind. I know some people in rooms uh, do take it upon themselves to build a Bible for the show and keep track of all that mythology, particularly sure. coordinators and stuff. Do you find yourself doing that for this show? or um, it- I haven't for this show. Um, I haven't been on a show yet where mm-hmm. it's like I came back as the script coordinator for the second season mm-hmm. or have been asked to do that. But I'll do an informal one where essentially I'll compile like all the current episodes, like the current drafts of every episode. So it's an, uh, it makes it easier to search for like story points. But, you know, it's like that when I have downtime and I forget something, it's like then I'll go back, reread um, if I'm not clearance something then i need to like follow up on that and make Mm -hmm. sure i have i I can answer questions um and again depending on the show that can be more important than not what do you feel is the breakdown between your creative responsibilities like tracking the content versus Mm -hmm. the more technical aspect like proofreading i harbor no illusions about it it's a lot of it's technical you know it's uh making making sure that the script is as clean as possible and uh you know there's a lot of things that go into it too i mean like the more i've done it the more i pick up on little things like uh, that essentially make production's life easier because that's part of your job as well. It's like, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to things like scene numbering, um, when it comes to pagination and you get these weird A pages and everybody hates A pages because, mm-hmm. you know, it looks kind of ugly. But um, th- that also translates to every single time you have an A page, that's like an extra, what, 50 to 100 pages you're printing, you know, mm-hmm. at least. So All it's right. like, you know, just being able to clean it up and make it life easier for production and having just good sort of bedside demeanor to talk to production so that like you're on the same page and you're not fighting each other. I think that's a really vital component. 
component of the job. How are your interactions with the the writers? You mentioned that for well, the exorcist. Well, you should ask them. <laughs> <laughs> well, on your on your side, I yeah. should ask. They're focusing specifically on the exorcist. It's been a tremendous room. I mean, I can't say enough quality things about each of the writers and just the environment. The showrunner is Rollin Jones, who's fantastic and just one of the great great bosses I could ever possibly have asked for. Creator is Jeremy Slater, who's also just been fantastic. And both of them, uh, both of them have a no a holes policy, you know, which <laughs> it's like you know it's great because they really do believe and espouse the idea of team and trying to see the um, collective success as opposed to like taking individual glory to the detriment of others. So you're saying that level of kind of people being open to creative input from roles like script coordinators and things uh, varies from show to show. Have you worked on other shows where they just wanted you to sit there and do your job and not speak? You know, like first let me be clear. It's like I'm not like the world's greatest script coordinator with like <laughs> 30 shows on the belt, and and that's the interesting thing about the job too is like no one really wants to do that right mm -hmm. the whole point of the job is that it's it's kind of transient ideally of the shows i've been on um not including the limited series it's i've not been in the room on one of them and that was a fine job because it was uh, my first cable job where i felt like i was getting valuable experience and i still got to work with the writers on an individual basis mm -hmm. and uh certainly learned a lot in that show as well so i can't say bad things about any honestly all my jobs i've learned a lot of, from and uh i have no regrets really so you've worked on a network show and then also a few basic cable shows. Mm -hmm. Are there any clear distinctions uh, on that level? In terms of my job? or In terms of your job or... Uh, Content-wise? Con I mean, I'm sure content is <laughs> a lot of differences, but... Uh, I, I, the timetable is the biggest thing that's different, you know? I mean, it's... Uh, even the assets, I had a pretty leisurely timetable compared to The Exorcist um, just simply because uh, we knew we had enough lead time and, like, they shot it all and then we had enough time to edit it and it just seemed like a... a I wouldn't say leisurely, but it, it seemed like a realistic doable sort of timetable and we were done essentially certainly shooting and then cutting almost all the episodes by the time we went to air the exorcist is the first show i think i've been on where we went to air in the middle of the season mm. i think we were shooting episode four or five i think when we started airing and maybe even before that um whatever the case may be it's uh it definitely has been a lot of overlap and so the time time frame is certainly crunched and uh my bosses were mostly on top of it and then inevitably of course is there's always a crunch this happens on every single network show i've ever heard of where everything overlaps where there's the edits are due the the mm -hmm. next scripts are due and you're shooting and so it's just becomes this crazy job on top of the fact that network schedule is just compressed how do you deal with the job being of the nature where one show ends and you have to jump onto something else or you don't know if you're going to get another season and kind of you know that instability like how does that work for you i've been lucky where it's it's timed out well in terms of like my next opportunity came up right about the time like uh, my previous job was uh, ending up as of right now actually like I have one more week on The Exorcist uh, like productions uh, this is the productions last week they're shooting episode 10 right now and then I will be looking for a job I'm currently looking for a job I've had a couple calls and you know we'll see what comes next um, my hope is of course that The Exorcist comes back next season it's just been a great environment but um, it's silly to wait on that how do you tend to find that next job there's a little bit of word of mouth now I mean for, uh, this is one of the great questions you know, because mm -hmm. uh, in the past, you know, I was like, I don't know, where do I go? And I get, how do I get this next job? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the reasons why I think uh, uh, being a script coordinator is great is it's a lot easier to make lateral moves to get the next job because, first of all, you're competing against a smaller pool of people who are qualified. And you'll see, like, uh, uh, there are also job postings out there. Like, writers' assistant jobs is almost like I know somebody who knows somebody. And then you're competing against like four or five other people who are in the same position as mm -hmm. you. And then it's just like luck of the draw sometimes. It's a lot harder to get those jobs or sometimes they pull up 
up from the writer's PA or somebody they already know is a known quantity. But in the case of script coordinator, it's like there, it, you know, there has been a lot, a lot of movement because um, they want somebody who's done the job a couple, like at least a couple seasons on their build. And then it's just sort of the classic chicken and egg. How do you get a couple seasons without having done <laughs> one? And then some shows will, uh, especially network shows will say, we want somebody who's done a, a season of network because of the timetable and someone who's done 18 episodes in a season, et cetera, et cetera. What kind of advice would you give to someone who wants to be a script coordinator, but doesn't necessarily have that experience to back that up? That's a great question. I think the first thing is just understanding, having a macro view of what the job is really helps a lot. Understanding what your position is and not overselling your position either. And I think that's vital because it's a lot of times like a people, I've heard of people who go to job interviews and their first question is like, am I going to get a script? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, am I going to send the room? Can I pitch, you know, all my ideas? You know, and, 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 and you have to, you have to read the tea leaves and it's, and be gracious. And this situation, which has been great, uh, we haven't really established yet that I'm, I co-wrote episode nine. That was offered to me and it was not something I was begging for or like trying to position for. They read me, like I had a sample. They knew that I was interested in writing. They want only wanted writers in the assistant positions. So that's usually a good sign. If they're hiring people who want to write, then that usually indicates that they will look for opportunities for you, but you have to let them lead the way. So to hone in on that script coordinating uh, job, what do you feel are either the easiest and or hardest things to do uh, as a script coordinator? Well, one of the hardest things is the sort of existential, like uh, just not knowing when things are going to roll in. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you're just, depending on the show, you know, you just don't know when that next draft is going to come in and you're technically on call all the time. This show has been great because it's been largely predictable when scripts will come in. They're really on top of their schedule and the hours haven't been nutso. There are definitely some jobs I've had um, and I know of other people who have had jobs where 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 5 a.m. calls. Like, I mean, that's not out of the question. And by not out of the question, I mean on a regular daily basis. So, Mm -hmm. Um, and that's hard. It's because then it's, you got to travel with your laptop and you have to be mobile. Like you have to uh, be able to connect to the internet and all those things to be able to send, you know, the revisions out the last second. If you had a particular like favorite thing about the job, what would you say it is? Getting access to other writers and being in a room and like uh, getting to know other writers so I can get better at my writing and just hearing stories. And the camaraderie you get is really, uh, I think, just a wonderful thing. So uh, you mentioned that being a script coordinator is kind of halfway between uh, the writer's side and the production side. Sure. What are your interactions with the production side like? I mean, one of the number one questions you'll get, and depending on how aggressive your uh, production team is, you'll get text saying, when's the script coming? You know, when are these pages coming? Especially like if if like you're in the middle of prep or... The answer is five minutes before the table read. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, there's that. And there's also, there's, you know, it's uh, whatever you say is, it's like add two hours to that, you know. (laughs) It it is a lot of just being clear about when they can expect changes and um, just so that they're better equipped to like turn those around because they're obviously waiting and anytime revisions go out there's a whole series of dominoes that take place right um, that fall and it impacts a lot of people in terms of their lead time in terms of their prep and so just like kind of dumping uh, pages you know even if it's a couple like changes it's like that's a big it has a big psychological effect on everybody do you ever have anyone try and go around that system and sneak a peek at the draft or like can you just slip <laughs> them some pages like so they can go shop for props or you know well i mean scout their lines i think slipping drafts isn't it's not uncommon you know it's especially to like uh like department heads mm-hmm. director of the episode like uh, they'll get an advanced look uh, just to kind of get the wrap their head uh, knowing that like things are going to change and shift and mm-hmm. um just because uh the more prep time that the director 
secure locations uh, the DP can have just to wrap their head around what the episode's going to be mm-hmm. is vital. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes people will prep off an outline. Sometimes people will prep off of like a partial draft. But this is all about just sort of how clean and clear are you in your communication. As a script coordinator, you can help or you can hinder. <laughs> <laughs> so this may not be the, the flashiest topic, but could you talk a little bit about the, the rules of formatting and that, and that aspect, especially towards oh, production? Oh, this is the best part. This is, I, th- I think, I think <laughs> we're going to lose 500 listeners. Right this is now. one I got to drop my voice down. <laughs> I love talking about Final Draft. <laughs> uh, are you sponsored by Final Draft or any software? We might be after this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please. Oh, really? Oh, so in advance, I can dump all over it, right? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, it's, it is the monster that, uh, every script coordinator needs to know. I mean, cause most people will use, uh, Final Draft. Uh, there are definitely some shows and rooms that use movie magic screenwriting. So as a script coordinator, you should be familiar with both. There's no perfect software. You know, it's good to shake your fist every so often at like a, how limited these, uh, pieces <laughs> of software can be or frustrating they can be. Um, they'll do some weird things and you think they would have figured it out, but there's no real sort of, um, I think leverage to make them have to perfect their software because, well, there's only two major pieces of software being used on mm-hmm. the production side. I would say it's important to know what the progression of revisions are. And this all, I mean, this depends on the show too and network. Uh, you know, like for example, you know, you have your white production draft and you go to blue pages and then, you know, pink. And mm-hmm. um, some, um, this this show, for example, doesn't use a couple colors I've been accustomed to using. And that's part of the conversation you have in advance with the production team. And when I talk about the production team, uh, the people you intersect with most on that side are definitely the production coordinator, the APOC, the production secretary and then um, in some cases the assistant to the line producer um, Mm -hmm. because they're obviously handling a lot of the logistics and occasionally you'll talk to the line producer and UPM as well. Who decides which colors they use on that show? I've always been curious about that. Is it just which paper they could order? Or like, well, know? that's a little bit of it, actually. And uh, I, I've worked on a couple Fox 21 shows, and they have a clear, this is these are the colors you use. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not sure where it came from on The Exorcist, but they just told me we don't use these colors. And I was like, okay, grand. You know? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, I discovered that after issuing the buff pages, uh-huh. which <laughs> I mean, don't exist. I think it is all about just the paper order and like, mm-hmm. you know, because some of those paper orders are kind of ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, and they're more expensive or whatever. So aside from the revision pages, what are some of the other rules like actually on the page when you're in there formatting, trying to get stuff down? Well, generally speaking, and this again, is it's all about like a, like talking to your production team. And this, mm-hmm. oh, I forgot to mention also talking to your first AD as well. When do you number the scenes, for example? You know, you won't do that on your studio draft. You won't do that on the network draft. But I've been asked, you know, like uh, by uh, the line producer to do it early sometimes just so that they it makes their job of breaking down uh, the budget the uh, production schedule that much easier so mm-hmm. you, you do what works for them as far as everything else I mean if you have the time to do a couple reads that helps a lot you know you'll go through and just I'm not the person who can do uh, like three things at once while doing a read like mm-hmm. the first time I'm just wrapping my head around story and anything that bumps and you know also just like real obvious typos whatnot uh, the second time around then you're looking for continuity errors and you're looking for you know like time of day and that 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 can be a nightmare sometimes because uh, it's easy to overlook like mm-hmm. uh, it's happened a couple times where it's like some at the last second somebody realized this should really be in day or this should really be a night and um that kind of gaff can cost a lot of money because mm. if you have to reshoot it then you're kind of in a, you're kind of screwed generally speaking it's like i only have time to do two or three reads through a script if you're a support team like a, if if you're a writer's pa or somebody else in the office of a showrunner assistant has time to do a read that helps a lot too you know and they can look for specific things and catch things that you know you miss when you're going through it but generally speaking um when you get revisions it's 
go, 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 do it now, turn it out as fast as possible. So you're trying to do it as fast as possible and not um, make any clearing errors. Are there any tips on kind of like keeping your eyes fresh when you've seen six drafts of something and you're trying to go through and catch things? Do you read it backwards? Do you like, you know, what do you do? Yeah, I know some people who do that. Um, I, I don't do the backwards read thing. Um, one thing I'll do is uh, um, there's, a, there's a, a tool that I don't think, I don't know how many people actually use it because, uh, you know, script coordinators generally don't, I don't hang out with other script coordinators and talk script <laughs> coordinators. It's just like the last thing that's going to come you up. You don't just live in a big apartment no, together yeah. and well, you know. no we don't dork out it's like ah you know it's like uh, <laughs> i got to a triple golden rod bat no, <laughs> no i i generally speaking um uh, like one thing one tool i like to use is this uh a tool that a uh, final draft has it's a uh, script compare it's mm-hmm. basically redlining it's uh if right. you've worked in the legal environment it's like uh like redlining is very helpful in terms of tracking changes so that kind of thing helps in terms of just seeing okay like what are the changes uh, get a kind of overview so i can kind of see what's going on the more time you have to like sit and think about what those changes like really like how they reverberate through their script the more familiarity you have with that story the better the good thing is there are writers around you who are on top of this stuff they're Mm -hmm. usually really on top of it the writer of the episode is generally really on top of it Mm -hmm. and uh the showrunner and the creator um or whoever the last filter is is always gonna uh should be on top of that as well so let's say you just got that a brand new script coordinating job and it's your first day on the job what kind of advice would you give that person start having your conversations with all the people that you're going to interface with and make friends you know i think that's the biggest thing and understand how people want to operate watch people clock people because sometimes you uh, like uh, this information doesn't happen until you're in the 11th hour and then you figure it out and sometimes you're going to make mistakes that's just the reality some people are very forgiving of mistakes others are not reading the tea leaves on that one is really vital as well and also it's just uh, you know for me it's like it's been helpful just to have a couple other people where it's like i don't know how to handle something just having those resources from like other script coordinators how they do things and that was early on like now it's it's less vital do script coordinators usually have any additional responsibilities like looking for like clearances or you know like legal stuff yeah well, that wow it's like a you lob that one up it's like an assist uh yeah for sure it's a on most shows uh the script coordinator is primarily responsible for clearances and uh actually i'll track it back to when i first uh, heard that script coordinators were responsible for clearances i panicked because i thought that meant that you actually had to call companies like cold call <laughs> and figure out uh we want to use wheaties in our episode can we uh use that and like i was like i have no effing idea how we're gonna get that done no what you do is uh usually um any of these major shows like they have a like clearance house that they use you know mm-hmm. like act one is a common one uh, popular one there's a couple others but like um and their whole job job is uh, their team of like uh, like I get, uh, legal experts goes through the scripts, goes through the different drafts and flags anything that could potentially be a clearance issue. And your job as a script coordinator is to make uh, like flag those things, make them known to people who are going to be very busy, the writers, the showrunner, and say, we need to come up with, an, in the most obvious cases, like an alt name mm-hmm. or an alt, uh, you know, location or, you know, whatever. But usually it's character names, uh, places, that kind of thing that usually you will track and make sure it gets cleared. And you'll sometimes be asked to come up with alt names, you know, and this is where you can insert your friend's <laughs> names, your childhood buddy's name, like into an episode, you know. What about uh, standards and practices? Do you interact with them at all? A little bit. Um, it depends on the show. Um, that seems my like my parrot uh, like <laughs> reply to everything. But uh, I, I, having a good relationship with standards and practices is really important because they're the ones who, I mean, every writer loves to bitch and moan about standards <laughs> and practices. And the first thing is to realize people who work standards and practice are humans and they, <laughs> they have a job to do. And their job is to be, honestly, it's like they, they especially a place like, say, ABC Disney is like 
they're gatekeepers. They need to protect the brand and you can't have, you know, rampant sex and like violence <laughs> and gore and brains exploding on ABC. That's disappointing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there are certain shows that can get away with it, but um, we tried it on the Muppets. It didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> the, what happens, of course, is, uh, you know, if you, if you've worked on a show, you realize you start to understand how ridiculous the job of showrunner is and how busy it is. And so details will fall out. And so you can really assist a showrunner by being able to keep track of all these things these tiny little details that can slip through like a big standards and practices note and a lot of times that's usually like product placement or like some sort of brand that's being used or in most cases violence sex so heading back to your your freelance script um congratulations by the way um so you mentioned that it was offered to you but what do you think that you were kind of doing that made them want to offer it to you whether it's anything you're particularly doing in the room or interacting with other people that you think you know someone was like i should give that guy a script frankly a lot of it was out of my hands uh Mm -hmm. it's i happen to be on a show where they want to support young writers and help them get a step up and they want to they wanted to see everybody advance you know that's from top down you know like the young the writers in the room to the assistant staff they want to see everybody like progress and get find success in this business mm-hmm. you know so part of that is like uh they fought to try to get you know one of the assistants like uh, a credit i'm not privy to the conversation that took place uh the only know is the end result and uh you know initially i just wanted to do on some shows um and i won't specify which ones in my past but um they'll throw a scene or two to the assistants you know on an episode and there was definitely one show where it's like I wrote a number of scenes and you know not for credit but just simply sort of like hey like let's see what you can do and those are great opportunities but um, some people frown upon them because um, it's a little bit abusive the WGA I know was not happy with that sort of thing <laughs> right. it's it's hard and as, as an assistant it's I mean you want that opportunity but you also like don't want to say no hey i'm being abused right so this was a situation where it was just it was clear we all wanted opportunities and they uh, were kind enough to go beyond what i expected you weren't leaving pages of your spec around slipping them on people's <laughs> doors or anything no no i mean they had they had asked for a sample in advance you know and some shows will um i mean you had frankie on the show and she was a script coordinator and she had been on a couple shows where they had asked for a sample that doesn't always happen but i know um, there's a number of showrunners and uh, um, EPs out there who will read the writer's assistant and the script coordinator before they're hired. How common is it for a script coordinator to transition into a staff writer position or even a uh, writer's assistant position? Do you feel that's like a lateral move or what are your thoughts like, on that? Well, this is uh, the dynamic between writer's assistant and script coordinator. I think that's what you're getting at is mm-hmm. uh, that's an interesting one. And it varies greatly depending on the show and the showwriter. And I like, I, I'd love to hear other people's stories because I don't fully know, like um, it, there is no clear hierarchy there. You know, the only thing I can say is in most cases that I know of script coordinator makes a little bit more money, you know, because it's a, it, there's a, it's a more technical position, right. but it's not like one's above the other necessarily. Um, as far as like a kind of making the step up you know like to get staffed i've seen a number of cases where the writer's assistant like becomes a staff writer Um, i've seen a number of cases where the script coordinator did you know and i think that again probably depends on the person probably depends uh, a lot more on the eps in charge so on that writing side um do you have reps at the moment uh, I am unrepped. Okay. Yeah, I've had meetings like, you know, like uh, with uh, various uh, people in the past. Um, I have a, a strange history just from like uh, the success of a short film I did out of film school. And, you know, like it was my first foray into like under like the water bottle tour. That's something I didn't know about, you know, coming out of film school. Um, and it's something I, I'm still sort of like, uh, like puzzled by. I look at it with kind of uh, mm-hmm. like a uh, <laughs> questioning eyes. So it's getting to know the business is like, like the more you understand about like the way that 
agencies work. I didn't have the benefit of like, you know, being an assistant up those in those ranks. And I see the real value of that now because they really, you do understand how the business operates, how decisions are made. And the more you can understand that, whether you're an assistant or not in that world, it does help you navigate, you know, what, what meetings mean, uh, what is the meeting? What are they really sort of, what, what is the end goal when you're sitting down with somebody? Do you think having a job in a writer's room makes you more attractive to reps? Like, do you, have you gotten meetings oh, I, because of that? Or? I, I would think so, but uh, I'm at the point where I've heard this before, this piece of advice before, and I believe it even more now, which is when you're ready, they'll come to you. And when you're staffed, like, uh, I mean, if you can get a job, like get staffed as a writer, um, and th- which I'm hoping to do without getting a rep, then trust me, they will start, you'll start getting inquiries. Do you feel having a rep has any influence on you getting staffed or are you fine not being rep? Oh, I'm fine right now, but right now, I mean, the thing is, I know where I stand right, right now, which is I need to write and finish another sample that I'm really excited about that would actually and get everybody else excited about, um, get that read. And I, you know, I feel good enough where I, I'm at the point where I f- can get a piece of material read. That's one of the mm-hmm. values of being on the side of things. As a script mm-hmm. coordinator, you meet people, you build relationships, and the hope is that they'll want to help you by reading your work, offering a little feedback. But uh, really what you're looking for is somebody responds and sparks to your piece of material and then they will do something with it like whether they take it to a rep or recommend somebody or etc. Mm. What kind of material do you like to write? Are you working on shows that are the kind of shows that you would want to write yourself or? Yeah, I mean serendipitously I've worked on shows where it, it's pretty close to the kind of shows I'd want to write for. It's certainly one hour realm and mostly cable oriented and uh, and The Exorcist is certainly no exception. It's, uh, it's about as cable as it gets for a network which mm-hmm. is why it's such a pleasure to work for not dissing network television and like all the fine <laughs> procedurals that are out there but uh just in terms of my writing writing sensibilities i like serialized stories like i said i came from a feature world so i like a like beginning middle and end i like something that has an arc to it um and moves and i like to inhabit uh like uh, totally off universes so and that lends itself to a little more cable sort of oriented stuff are you able to talk about your first script on the exorcist i mean i can talk a little bit about it um but not obviously no spoilers no 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 spoilers just the on the production side especially juggling still being a script coordinator how did that work yeah that was a situation where we kind of figured it on the fly like uh because of the nature of the show it's i've been actually like uh, training the writer's pa a little bit in terms of how to script coordinate and he certainly knows how to do it from start to finish needs you know and it's an opportunity to get him more reps to be able to do it so the idea was on episode nine he was going to do take over a little more of the responsibilities and handle the traffic for episode nine ten and what ended up happening of course is uh you know there were times when i just had to take care of something because it was a little bit easier or you know sometimes there was work on the weekend um like while i was on the show like uh, while i was in chicago for the episode over the weekend there was you know a heavy set of revisions and i took care of those because the writer's pa wasn't available at the time how was your experience on set it, it was amazing. It's uh, that's something I didn't expect either. You know, every step of the way, it's like I was just like, ah, we'll see if it really happens. <laughs> and they've delivered every time. And uh, one of the things that they had floated out there from the very get go was they wanted to see each writer cover set for their episode, which mm-hmm. is you know doesn't always happen. And that he also wanted each of the writers to be in post to you know mm-hmm. go through that process. That doesn't always happen. And so I was like, well, that applies to them, but me, I'm not a real writer. I'm this guy, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, sure enough, um, you know, I co-wrote the episode with Jeremy Slater. He's the creator of the show. 
and uh, and they flew me out to set and treated me like any other writer, which was pretty remarkable. Have you gone into post yet, or you get to sit in the edit bay? And, and well, right now we're on the director's cut, so mm-hmm. the director has uh, the director's days, and uh, I think that's uh, another three days, and then uh, I'll be popping my head in. You know, for certain that uh, this is definitely Rollin and Jeremy are going to be the ones who are driving the ship, and mm-hmm. I'll pipe in if I see something wonky. But um, it's more of an opportunity just to like get more reps in the process, and I love the process. Uh, um, speaking of being on set, you know, like I do have a production background, you know, I went to film school for directing. And so it definitely helped. There was a certain facility when I was on set, but like I certainly I'd never been on a show of this scale where it's obviously things are, um, you know, you're working with very professional crews, uh, like people, a bigger budget. Um, and by our standards, it's a really small budget for network TV, but even still things are being done at a higher level. And, uh, I mean, our, our cast is phenomenal. I mean, they're mm-hmm. like, I mean, some of them are icons of the business and, uh, just seeing how they work on a day-to-day basis was a real treat. Did you meet Tiana Davis? Oh yeah. Every, I mean, she's working there. Like uh, she was working at least five or six of the days, you know, oh. like, and so she's amazing. She is really amazing. Like, uh, um, uh, she's both very professional, but is also very warm and inviting with someone like that. Like she sets the tone for the rest of the cast as well. And they follow, and this is where strong mm-hmm. leadership matters. Like in all the different departments, you know, obviously on the writer's side, you have like really great leaders, but also like with someone like Gina and also Alan Rock, who's been a huge veteran, on the acting side, they're just very smart, dedicated professionals. Out of interest, creatively how do you take something like the exorcist which is you know reputed as one of the you know the scariest movies of all time kind of thing you know very r-rated and and fit that into network programming <laughs> well that is the million dollar question <laughs> and uh what was great and refreshing um uh, it's, i mean there's a number of interviews uh jeremy slater has done about like to answer mm-hmm. that question because yeah. uh, it was uh, honestly i mean just parroting back what he said it was uh, his reluctance to take on the project because he was like, this is the dumbest idea ever, <laughs> you know, it's because uh, it is. I mean, you're taking an iconic piece of material and not just iconic, but also one of the most horrific, you know, violent, you mm. know, disturbing pieces of material. And then you're putting on network TV, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so he initially was like, OK, well, that's ridiculous. But then came back to it and then had a really great take on it. And which is to, like, stay true to the psychological horror mm. that right. was uh um, inherent in that movie and you know that's not reliant on blood gore etc like i mean yeah those things are nice like pea soup is nice you know but what makes this show successful is uh, is the same thing that people really care about when watching serialized tv is do we care about these characters do we care do we want to go on a journey with them and the tone it really is a lot about like they established the tone in the pilot and have carried it and built upon it this uh sort of unease and uh it's, i think it's wonderful can you talk a little bit about how the writer's room works for the exorcist how you guys sure. break the episodes and so on when we met initially uh, it's i mean we didn't even have a room there was no office we were just hanging out like in a house and uh um it was great <laughs> was i was it like a haunted house was it? yeah no, <laughs> no, no, it was not a haunted house it was a house in los Feliz. you know it was great it it was, it was very open. You know, it was the idea that we was just, we were like, you know, 12 people, 12, 13 people, however many it was, just hanging out, having a conversation. And um, Jeremy and Rollin had certainly talked through like some of the big strokes, like uh, like broad strokes of the season. They knew a couple of the major beats that were going to take place. And then it was about just, you know, like, like honestly, like building a house, you know, it's you start figuring out what the big tent poles are, build a structure, uh, know what's not going to change. And then from there, then you start layering the, the next levels. As, as far as the process went, you know, it's like, 
like a, it was pretty, I don't know. I would say it's like, it, there's nothing magical about it. If there's anything magical about it, I would say the environment was great because there was a democracy of ideas, you know, and it's, if somebody had a brilliant idea, you'd run in that direction. There wasn't, you know, people really try to encourage an openness. Did you have to change anything about your personal writing process when it came to working on your script for the show? A little bit, sure. Because uh, at the end of the day, it's, uh, you know, recognizing if you're not the showrunner or creator, you're writing to somebody else's voice. Mm-hmm. And th- that voice is not just necessarily the showrunner or the creator, it's the show, right? What is the show's voice and how do you write to that? And that's ultimately your job. And you're trying to service whoever your higher ups are. We all have egos. We all have pride and we want to work in things that we really feel strongly about. But you have to know which battles to pick and choose, I guess. Given your proficiency with Final Draft now, are there any uh, <laughs> tips you would give to writers listening to us right now? Oh, God. Uh, like, for the love of God, like, don't spend like <laughs> every waking hour trying to figure out the software because, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really have any tips. I mean, honestly, it's like if I had anything uh, to say, it'd just be like, you know, take a script you're writing, you know, do... Uh, copy of it and just dick around a little bit you know like uh, go through revisions you know like see what everything means you know and that's it I mean more often than not you learn just troubleshooting right mm-hmm. something comes up and you're like why is this happening and if you do become a script coordinator if you get a position one of the first things you should do is definitely join the board there's a Yahoo group out there um, where you can ask questions I used it a couple times where I was like I don't know how to do this thing and there were some mm-hmm. really helpful script coordinators out there who provide me some advice so there aren't any little secret tools like you're talking about script compare like reports or something Something or no, no, helpful. it's funny. Initially, I used to use like script compare and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, not script compare, but uh, like the there's a couple weird like cast and like a production, like a, a set list uh, reports. Yeah. And uh, I used to use those, and now I don't. It's mm-hmm. like I just go through the script and generate them. And no one really fully explained to me like what I'm supposed to do with a cast and set list. I mm-hmm. just figured it out because mm-hmm. I just like stole copies of like other shows and they're like what they did with their like cover pages and mm-hmm. tried to emulate that, you know. Are you telling me there's not a secret shortcut in Final Draft <laughs> right. to solve all the issues? If there's anything that I can say is that there is no hard and fast rule to anything as far as formatting and whatnot. You know, like everybody has their own idiosyncrasies in terms of the formatting they want. And you just defer to the right person and figure out who the right person is, you know, to ask all these sort of questions. Also, if you press a bunch of buttons in the right combination, it generates a perfect script. Yeah, that's you guys right. Know about that one. It, it is. It's yeah. actually just a formula. And like, uh, I think, uh, what's is it? Uh, like The uh, Konami code. And it's yeah. like, yeah. up, up, A, A, B, B. It just appears <laughs> there and you're done. It's um, just like, magic yeah it is like uh what's probably, his face yeah. watson ibm blue whatever we're all gonna out. be we're all gonna be replaced That's, within two years right? oh, absolutely <laughs> uh, you kind of touched on it before but what do you feel like is your next step now from where you are you always have to be looking at it i think and on a couple different levels right um there's the job you have and excelling and doing just the best job you can do on that job you know making everybody happy and first of all hitting like all your marks you know like you are a script coordinator you need to do that first and foremost mm-hmm. you know and then anything else beyond that is bonus you know obviously you know, make the best relations you can and then go from there beyond that um like in, in my case you know there's a pilot i'm working on i need to finish that polish it you know do what everybody else is doing it's like you always got to be writing it's it's the mantra that i'm sure everybody listening has heard but you always have to be writing and generating something and then uh hustling to get that read and then get to the next place um ultimately uh you yourself are going to be in addition to your writing you're going to be the currency you need you know, get the jobs that you want. And then um, I'm at the place now where I've had a number of shows now under my belt and I can like, I know some people, so I'm trying to like get the next job, feel what's out there, mm-hmm. hopefully get in another good environment and like try to get the best experience possible. 
Are you going to bring that pilot to the writing group, Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I might, you know. And I guess you're hoping to, to use that to get stuff next season, right? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, like we all function better with deadlines, right? Mm-hmm. And so certainly, you know, staffing season's coming up, but it's like um, the nature of the thing is right now, it's like I, I have good relationships with people. I would like to finish something that I feel is worthy of their time mm-hmm. so that I can get in front of their eyes and then see what happens and not expecting anything, but just seeing where things go. And I think having that sort of openness, you can make the best plans, you know, like amazing plans, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the best plans. You know? All right. Uh, and it doesn't matter. It's like uh, what you need to do is have have a general sort of game plan, but then see which doors are going to open up. I mean, honestly, like being in the position I'm in, this is sort of like this door opened up and I took advantage of it and I have no regrets of it. But it's mm-hmm. not like something like I targeted, like I'm going to be a script coordinator. I'm going to be then that's going to get me my first staff job. So besides final draft, are there any resources that you would give to aspiring or present uh, script coordinator? Wow, that's a great question. I think, you know, there are a couple people out there um, who have written, like they have blogs and I, I, c- I couldn't even name them. I just remember when I first got the job, I was like, oh, what am I doing? So I just Googled script coordinator, what WTF, you know, uh, <laughs> and just figuring out like and understanding the position and really wrapping your head and like constantly assessing like what you can do to be better and excel. You know, it's that whole idea is that do your job, but then excel beyond it so that like you get noticed and like, you know, people want to hire you again and refer you to other people, you know, and just always hustling. Uh, speaking of resources, I have heard of this app for the iPad called Scriptation. Oh, Are sure. you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. It's kind of floating around. It's a great idea. It's because, uh, you know, there's a lot of paper revisions and yeah. the way, like the old school way of doing it uh, for those who uh, don't follow and understand is, you know, every time revisions come out, like uh, of a production draft, um, there's going to be all these pages come in and you have to toss out all mm-hmm. the old pages and then replace them. But um, a lot of people like to write you know notes on you know the hard copy and so every time revisions come out they're like ah now i have to transfer my notes from this (laughs) revision to the next one that's the og way of doing it but the 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 app is great like i mean it's a great idea it's like i haven't really put it into use yet because i just you know part of it's just i haven't had the time to really sit down with it and (laughs) um but uh in concept i think it'll be um a huge asset to people on set especially for our actors i feel like that's where i'll get the most mileage because they hate carrying paper around they just want their ipad and be able to flip through or their phone if they have one of those oversized uh you know iphones do you want to like explain briefly what scriptation is sure i mean it's essentially a production specific pdf program what it does is it it carries over any of your notes like if, if you take like an adobe reader and then like imagine like you had like add revisions to it but then any pre-existing notes or whatever scribble you have then you just hit a magic button and then suddenly they're on, mm-hmm. on your current draft It'll show up as different colored pages. And right. I think you can instantly like highlight all of one actor's lines or something like that. All right. of one character's lines. Yeah. Little helpful things like that. It's a great idea. And like, I haven't put it in use, but, uh, way to go. Uh, it's the register. Steven and Blackish. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Blackish. So before we, we leave, uh, are there any cool TV shows you recommend right now? Oh, <laughs> right The now. Exorcist. Well, <laughs> well, I am a, I, I, I've plugged this show. I have a vested interest in this show doing well. And, and plus, I believe in it. So it's been relatively easy to mm-hmm. plug away. I'm not somebody who's very good at being a shill. You know, it's like yeah. I'm doing the song and dance. And, you know, uh, but, uh, it's definitely a show worth watching. And it's been great. Like the, um, like the people who are following it who are, uh, seem to be into it. So like, I think we can definitely keep growing that audience. But as far 
far as like other stuff, you know, like, I mean, this is such a great time for TV and like, uh, I'm, I'm way behind right now because I've been busy with work, but like Luke Cage is certainly on my mm-hmm. list of things to watch. Uh, Black Mirror is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I know season three just came out and I was a huge fan of the first two seasons. Well, also watching a couple oddball shows, you know, like, uh, my wife and I really like Ripper Street. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's just like, it's fun. And like, uh, those guys uh, are really sort of magnetic. If you could pick like any show on the air aside from Exorcist that you would like to write for, that would be your dream job. What would it be? Better Call Saul for sure. It's nice. uh, Vince Gilligan is a fellow Richmonder. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> uh, but that show, I think, is is just wonderful. And mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I've loved both seasons. And uh, again, I'm excited to see what they do in season three. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you very much, Franklin, for coming in. And thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time to uh, listen. <laughs> uh, if you have any reviews that you would like to give us, and we would certainly love to read them, you can uh Put those on paperteam.co. <laughs> yes, we only want five star now. Please give us reviews at paperteam.co slash iTunes. And as always, you can find me on the Twitterverse at TV Calling. And I'm at underscore NJ Watson. Do you have a Twitter handle, Franklin? I do. It is Franklin Rowe. What? Yeah, I know. And it's Rowe spelled R-H-O. If you have any thoughts, feedback, opinions, nightmares about The Exorcist, please uh, <laughs> send your stories to ask at paperteam.co. That is C-O, not dot com. Um, and on that note, see you next week. We'll see you then. <laughs>